Welcome back to the Write It Down podcast. I'm your host, Brooke Murata, bringing you one-on-one interviews to challenge, inspire, and encourage. Up next, we have Chris Hale on the podcast, our good friend. He's been on here before, so it's a name that might be familiar to you. Um, He shared his story today about the twists and turns of when he went and played at USC and when he got drafted by the Bills and um, just all the different things that kind of piled up on him throughout his journey to play in the league. And what I love about his story is it's a true underdog story, and it's going to encourage you to pick back up that dream that God gave you and not let any chip on your shoulder hold you back. You know what to do. Sit back, relax, and get your pens ready because this is Write It Down. All right. Welcome back to the Write It Down podcast. I'm your host, Brooke Murata, on the mic with Chris Hale again. Thank you so much for coming on. You're welcome. Part two. Part two. Um, I'm pumped yeah. about this because we've developed a friendship and you were like, oh, I can't wait to share my story on the podcast. And I'm thinking to myself, yeah. what did you share then? So if not your story. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> listeners are in for a treat because they're going to hear Chris Hale's actual story today. Not that you shared yeah. a false one. We just kind of deviated from certain things. And I'm excited that you are ready to come back on and share more about your story because I think your story is impactful yeah. and I think it's going to encourage a lot yeah. of people. So thank you. Yeah. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's so because, you know, and, and I'll tell, you, you know, your viewers or your listeners, you know, I just got tired. And, and when you approached me about um, um, doing this, um, I was tired of telling my story. Not that I, it was a bad story, but it was just the fact that I had been telling it for so many years that I felt like um, there was a new generation of stories to be told. And mine, I felt like was um, sort of uh, the same story uh, as uh, a lot of other people that come in, um, you know, on any show and say, you know, what they did and what happened to them and how it happened. And so, you know, it's 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 a story of, of, of resilience, like, you know, most other stories. And it's a story of, of, of overcoming something. And it was one of those. And, and, and I suppose when um, I'm close to somebody and, and, and let them know exactly who I am, I don't mind telling the story as much. And so that's why I was like later on, you know, I'll tell my story on your show. Yes. So and I'm honored. Uh, it's, it's, yeah, right. <laughs> Thank you. So it's, yeah, and I think it's impactful. And um, I think it's for the guy who uh, was too small or, or, or didn't get paid attention to or uh, any of that stuff uh, for him to keep going and um, uh, him to keep fighting and, and never let anybody tell you that you can't do something. And that's sort of you know, how my story starts out. So it's, it's kind of long and drawn out. So you, you, you might not be saying much. So, yeah, no, um, that's why I asked you to come yeah. on because I've run out of questions at the end of the year. <laughs> and so it was really out of pity. I was like, you know, Chris can just yeah. take away the show and be the host. I'll, I'll take the show. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not the first time. Yeah. And I'm probably going to take over your show at, at some no, that's point. Great. I it, actually it, have my yeah. cup of tea. I'm drinking London's yeah, finest and I'm ready to yeah. sit back and listen to your story. I know that viewers are as well. And I love yeah. the fact that um, you already kind of hinted at it, that it's, it's the story of um, resilience and a story that, yeah. you know, some people feel like they're looked over or picked over and you combated yeah. that and continued to, to climb. And so I'm really excited for you to share and without further ado chris take the show away <laughs> yeah I have my well tea. it's funny you're right have your tea and yeah. uh put some cream in it that's yeah and it should be earl gray 
which is the best tea. It's actually alive. high tea time um, in England right now. Yeah. 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 And yeah, somewhere. Yeah. Um, and so here's the here's the funny thing about it. This is the second time I told part of the story today. Really? Today. Right. Yeah. So I just got I, I got off the phone. I was on a with a buddy of mine named Mike Sherrard, who played uh, for the 49ers, the Giants and um, the Denver Broncos. Okay. And I've known him for 30 years and he never knew why um, I left uh, the University of Nebraska, which is is where I'm going now. So uh, I started my, so after, so during high school, um, I had sort of an epiphany uh, and I was a, a, a very good athlete in high school and uh, I was all state. I was actually all American in, in track and field and, and I was a, a pretty good football player. And at that time, you know, all CIF for California, which was kind of a big deal for us. And there was a coach, I got, I was uh, trying to get recruited, but I was like 140 pounds. So you know, there wasn't many recruiters that were trying to get a guy who was five foot six, 140 pounds. And so, uh, and I can remember uh, the actual school that he went to, and we had two really big time guys. And one was going, ended up going to New Mexico and the other ended up going to Nebraska and he was super 11. So the scouts were coming out and I went leading the, the, the conference in interceptions and I was all CIF and all this stuff. And I walked up to uh, a scout from New Mexico and I said, hey, I'm the guy who's leading, you know, the conference in interceptions. And he said to me, um, the reason you're leading uh, the conference in interceptions is because you got two big time guys on each end rushing the quarterback and the quarterback's just throwing the ball up in the air. And I almost uh, had to I almost had to slap him um, <laughs> because I felt like you were just you were trying to crush my dreams. Right. And, you know, since I was nine, I wanted to be this pro football player and so I said to myself um and then there went the chip on my shoulder like that was the defining moment in my right. life that's why you know I remember what school he went who yeah. he, he was recruiting for strike one so yeah. all of a sudden yeah strike right I'm wearing a chip from that moment on so um the, during the recruiting process really nobody came to me and so nobody really bothered with me and I was an unranked unrated player you know they have these five-star guys and all this stuff and so I ended up um actually going to the University of Nebraska anyway but um to run track and I was on a half scholarship and and so what I did was I uh, would sit in the stands after track and watch the football team and they had just come off the national championship with a Heisman Trophy winner named Mike Rozier you're a little too young to know these guys mm -hmm. their quarterback was Turner Gill who was uh, amazing and um, I played basketball with these guys and, and I would, um, you know, go in there and figure out, you know, these guys weren't quite as good as I thought they were, you know, as athletes. I was actually on par with them. So I'd watch their practice and, and, and see what they were doing. And I would say, you know, and these are my exact words. I was like, these guys can't handle me. They're not good enough for me. And so I decided to walk on to their, to their football team. And they had 100 guys walk on every year. Right. And so uh, and they would take like five or six. So they made us do a combine type of um, a workout. And so vertically 40, all that stuff. So I'm a walk on freshman and I break their school record in the vertical league. So I think I went like 41 and a half inches or something like that. And so they let me on the football team, but I'm fourth team on the depth chart. So I'm not worried. I'm just happy to be on the football team. So they put me in a game 
And uh, after there was a guy that was absolutely destroying their number one, number two, number three DB. So they kept going through them and they finally get to me. And this is like some Rudy story or whatever, right? So they finally get to me and they stick me in the game and I shut this guy completely down. And at the end of the game, they're going to going down the field to win the game. I intercept the ball. We win the game. I'm a hero, right? So all of a sudden I'm second on the depth chart from four. So then um, we get to the next game. Um, the guy's getting beat again, the first team guy, and they stick me in the game again. I get an interception right away. So I end up leading this team in interceptions, right? And I have their school record. So at the end of the year, I went to this the, the omniscient coach, Tom Osborne, who they had uh, at Nebraska for years. He's their Hall of Fame. He's Hall of Fame, everything. And I said, hey, I want to play football. I'm, I'm, I found a home. I'm here. You know, by by then, by the way, I'm getting a lot bigger. So I'm about like 158 pounds. So oh, I'm not job. really the biggest guy yeah. in the world. Right. <laughs> so I got to let you talk. I got to let you interject at some point during these guys. Don't sip when you're supposed to interject. I'm well, okay, never mind. you're the one that literally said I don't have to do anything. So I'm doing nothing when you don't, I'm told you don't, I don't you have don't. to do yeah, anything. Right. I know. <laughs> Whatever. OK, so you're finally yeah. 158 pounds. Great. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, so I'm, I'm, I'm great. Great. You're 150. Awesome. So I, um, yeah. <laughs> so I, I am, um, uh, there, you know, I, I walk into his office and I say, Hey, I'd love to play here. This is, I found a home, you know, this is the place I want to be this place. I'm going to play. Let's make this happen. He said, Chris, we have no scholarships available. I said, it's the only way I can survive here. And he says, well, you know, can, you know, try another year. I said, listen, I'll get a job. I'll do anything I, I can to stay here and play. And he says, Chris, we have nothing. He said, but you do have to register for your classes. So I said, okay, what do I have to do? He said, you have to go to the counselor. So I go to the counselor and the counselor says, Chris, you owe a hundred dollars on your phone bill. You can't register for classes until you pay your hundred dollars on your phone bill. And so I said, okay. I said, can I use your phone? I can call my mom and um, and she'll send me the hundred dollars. I call my mom on the phone. I said, mom, send me a ticket home. I'm out of here. One way ticket. I'm done. Right. So jumped on a plane and went home. And basically that was the end of my career. So I go to a junior college and my buddy. Wait, hold on, hold on. Uh -huh. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It is a while. I just wanted yeah. to interject. I didn't want to go yeah, too thank long. You. I was, yeah, you're welcome. Yeah, okay. Yeah, Good. so um, anything else you want to interject? No, that's, that's all I want okay. to say. All right. Great job. All right, so I told you this was a long story. Okay, but you went home. Yeah, yeah. So I went home. I went to Glendale College, uh, junior college in the area. And uh, the first meeting, I fell asleep right away. So the coach wakes me up in the middle of the meeting. He says, Chris, you know, we, we know you're a good player. We want... Uh, you know, we want you to be a part of this program, but we can't have you sleeping in the meetings. And I stood up and I said, coach, you know what? I'm done. I ain't playing no more sports. I'm quitting. This is day one. And he said, are you sure? And I go, yeah, I'm done. I'm done playing sports. I cannot get a break, right? My size, my whatever, you know, people aren't taking me seriously. I'm done. Yeah. So I go home. So I sit at home for a, uh, a year. I start working with my father. My father's a mason. We're breaking out driveways. There's no freaking way that I'm going to do this for the rest of my life, right? So I take the year off. I do work. 
go to school, whatever. And I uh, come back to the coach the very next year and I say, you know what? I think I want to play football again. And he goes, great. You know, I just need you to be present. And I'm like, no problem. And he says, listen, I got two guys that are playing one in your, both in your position. One's going to Texas A&M. The other one's going to um, San Diego state. I said, absolutely fine with me. I said, coach, you put me in wherever you want me to be. I am here for you. I'm not worried about scholarships. I'm not worried about any of this stuff. I just want to play football again. So I played football again, but I said to him, I only have one year because I used up the red shirt year in between by not playing. So he says, okay, we got one year out of you. We'll do what we can. I go, I don't really even care. I'm just going to play. Mm-hmm. Ends up, I end up leading the, the country in JC in interceptions. And I'm a JC All-American and JC everything, you know. And so I'm re-recruited. But at this point, I'm recruited by major, you know, all the big colleges. So Miami, um, Georgia, uh, Arizona State, USC. And um, and the reason I picked USC is because I felt like um, I wanted to be home. If I was going to play my last games of, of football, it would be here. So my parents can see me play. Right. And so that was really the objective outside of the fact that uh, when I went to the campus, I just loved everybody that was there. And that's where, you know, obviously I met Marcus and a whole bunch of guys. And, you know, my best friends are still from USC. And so as it as it stood, you know, I don't I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm just on the football team. Right. And so, you know, they let me play. I take my lumps. Uh, Certain things happen. My first start is against um, Notre Dame. My first full start. They're number one in the country. Uh, all of a sudden I'm in the game against Tim Brown, who won the Heisman that year. Yeah, I was going to say. And uh, yeah, and, and Tony Rice and those guys. And I don't know, fifth or sixth play of the game, I, I got an interception right away. And so things just started rolling. And so my junior was, you know, it was okay. You know, I got beat a few times. I took my lump, like I said. And then by my senior year, um, I still don't think anything of the NFL, uh, I'm I'm just here to be better and make myself better and and, and I'm starting full on. It's just it's was there my a position. part of you? Am I allowed to interject? Uh huh. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, was there yeah. a part of you that because of all the discouragement you had early on that you were just trying not to get your hopes up, so you never really like imagined beyond college, or were you just kind of aloof to the NFL? No, I, I yeah uh, no, I think you're absolutely right. I think it was just. Um, so discouraging for so many years that um, you can do this to a young man. You can, you know, you can take away, you know, his dream without knowing it. And I don't know if people ever knew it. Uh, I just think that they, uh, I figured out a lot of things later on. I, I figured out, you know, that coaches and these guys are picking guys out um, so that they don't get fired. It, there's a, there's a whole nother element to what I think mm-hmm. is going on and, and sports and scouting and all that stuff. You know, it's 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 a, it's a certain way that people are looking at you. So if you're six feet tall and 190 pounds, and I recruit you, and I'm the coach, and you do if you don't do well, you can always go back to the guy who hired you, the the president or the GM or whatever, and say, hey, he was six feet tall, 190 pounds, right? He just didn't work out. But if you're five foot nine, 165 pounds, and you don't work out. That guy who hired you is going to say, why would you recruit him? He didn't right. work out at all. Your job is in jeopardy for, you know, that guy. 
And so I think that they have a, uh, a look or a, a size or a, a certain kind of type that keeps them safe. And so I didn't figure that out until later, right? And so even that even happened, you know, going into the NFL. And so, um, yeah, you know, for me personally, of course, because I'm living it, not just the guy who is uh, on the understanding what the other side is, I'm just living it. I feel like you're dismissing me because of my size, right? Right, and and you're not thinking I can do it, you know, and 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 it, you know, the chips are piling up on my shoulder I can because I feel that. like, yeah, every single person that you, you know, that I have to prove you wrong. Um, and, and it was still going on. It was going on through college, even by my senior year, but my coach saw, you know, the development in me and he had no other way, um, to, to be able to, um, to solve it, but to put me in because he knew how good I was and he knew how good I played. And by the end of my senior year at USC, I was getting the same thing out of the NFL. They were like, he's too small, he's this, he's that. But by looking at my stats, they could see, well, wait a minute, he might be able to, you know, this might, he could, he could, it could happen for him, but we're going to have to take him late because we're not going to take a chance, right? You could always get rid of me, right? So, you know, I didn't get drafted to the seventh round, obviously, because I was, I think I was the second or third smallest guy at the, at the combine. So mm -hmm. I weighed in at 100, 168 pounds going into the combine. So I was five, I measured at like five, eight and three quarters and 168 pounds. So, wow. um, yeah, I think that was, you know, I had a lot of interceptions. I was all conference. I was all that in college, but I still think that, you know, people are afraid of my size and it was evident later on, um, um, as one of the general managers talked to me. And so, you know, by the time, you know, I got to the combine and I went to the combine and I did my thing and I ran very well and I jumped high and I jumped long. And I think I was the fourth fastest guy at the combine and the fourth or fifth fastest guy in my group at the combine at that time. And it was, you yeah. know, Deion Sanders was the fastest one. Right. So he was lightning and, and a few. So I was in a, you know, pretty good group of guys. And uh, yeah, by the time I got to the pros, uh, I got drafted in the seventh round. I, I still felt like the stigma was still there. Right. And um, so you and, always felt and, like you're coming from a place where you have to prove yourself. Yes. Like you yes, never felt 100%. like kind of secure or rested on where never, you were at. It was never, always like, yeah. I have to do more, improve more. Have to do more, improve That's more. That's exhausting. 100%. It was yeah. exhausting. It was exhausting, especially at the, at, at the pro level. Uh, oh, because, because, yeah, because the guys were all so good. So it's, it felt like you were always looking for a reason to get rid of me instead of a reason to keep me, mm. right? And so the funny thing about my rookie year was that there were two guys that made my team. And at the time, the Buffalo Bills were on the rise, right? This is right before all the, the four straight Super Bowls. We were on the rise and they had been in the playoff. I was the only defensive player to make the team. Wow. Did you play with the Bruce Smith? One. I played with Bruce Smith, you yes. Did. Yeah, he yeah, was, he's yeah, a pod. He came on this yeah, podcast. Yeah, he's awesome, too. right? He's, yeah, he's a good guy. Yeah, yeah. Well, okay. you know, obviously one of the greatest defensive players of all time. But I, yeah, I would. So there were two players that made the team. One guy named Don Beebe, who was a wide receiver who stayed, you know, league uh, for about ten or twelve years, and myself. That was mm -hmm. it. And so, but you're still constantly feeling like you're the only one that made mistakes, right? And you're the only one because they really didn't yell at the the, the veteran guy. 
Right. And so um, uh, my second year, the hardest thing about me was my second year. And I tore my Achilles tendon uh, against Cleveland Browns. And um, I and then Don Beebe broke his leg at the same time. And so um, we uh, went, we happened to go to lunch with the general manager at the time. His name was Bill Polian, who ended up being a fantastic general manager. Right. He was at Carolina when they went to the Super Bowl. He was at Indianapolis when they went to the Super Bowl. So I think combined, he had like seven Super Bowls. Wow. So yeah, he knew talent. And he knew his stuff. Yeah. A very impressive man. And so one day at lunch, he told me, he said, you know, Chris, um, you were my, my pick. You were my sole pick that everybody in the organization said, do not pick him. He's too small. He's a midget. He'll never last in the NFL. And that was just, you know, the, 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 the icing on the cake for me to, you know, understand that this is what these guys were thinking of. Yeah. At all times. It's kind of crushing. Yeah. yeah. It's I mean, crushing it's, and it's, exhausting at the same time, yeah, but, but it's empowering nice at be, the same time. What was that? I said empowering at the same time yeah. too, because I just yeah. felt like this energy that I still had to prove something and it just kept me going. Right. And just it, 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 if it wasn't at that point, it wasn't just for me. It was for everybody that is like me. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Right. To to be able to uh, succeed and, you know, and, you know, ended up spending five years. But to have world. this one guy tell you that he sees something in you uh, yes. like that is, you know, that's a treasure in itself because it gives you that extra little. OK, he was almost agreeing with you of how you viewed yourself, because no matter how yeah. many people kind of crapped on you, you still believed yeah. in yourself. And he kind of took your side, not even knowing. Yeah. So yeah. Not even knowing. Is, it. Yeah. That's super encouraging to have. Sometimes it really is just one person that sees something in you that makes you go, Oh, okay. Like I'm not completely out of bounds here by being in this wheelhouse, yeah. which that's yeah. encouraging. Well, the, the, the good thing about it was the one guy was the general manager of the damn team. Right. Right. So it wasn't really just the... an average guy saying, man, right. you got talent, you know, and I had heard Walmart. that all my life. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Just like, hey. I heard that all my life too, though. I had heard yeah. that all my life too. Like I had an assistant coach at USC, you know, he said, Chris, um, you, you were the glue to our team. Like you, he was a coach and he said, you, you basically like saved our season, you know, and we had a tremendous team. We had probably 11 pros on my team. He said, but without you, none of this would have happened. He was the only person on that staff that told me that, right. My head coach would never tell me that my DB, you know, nobody, but he was a, he was a, he was, he ended up being a, uh, an assistant coach for the Rams later on down the line. And, uh, yeah, but he was yeah, like, he was the only guy that stepped up and said, man, Chris, you were tremendous for us. Right. Nobody else wanted to say that nobody else wanted to give me credit. And so I was always that guy, right. That never got any credit, but, but did things and made things happen and, and accomplished things. Right. And so, you know, and I say the story, you know, at the, you know, at the end of the day to say, you know, uh, it's the persistence and it's the drive and, and never giving up um, for anybody who's listening, who needs that to listen to or to right. hear, you know, and uh, to, you know, to understand you, you got to keep going. You got to keep driving no matter what. Don't ever let anybody tell me, tell you, you can't do anything because I was in the ultimate setting for right. them to tell me I couldn't do it. Right. If it's, it's 0.01% or whatever of the United States that goes into pro football and I did it. Uh, not just based on me, but based on what others told me that I couldn't do. And that's what drove me. 
We're going to take a quick break to discuss Write It Down's brand new website. You can head over to widpod.com, W-I-D-P-O-D.com, and see all the goods. You'll notice a banner at the top of the page that says Learn More. If you click that link, it'll show you how you can support Write It Down. P.S. My favorite part about the website is the Wid Wall, which is a collection of all the Write It Downs from the show. This podcast is made possible by the 1513 Network. So, show the network some love and support by listening to their other shows. If not, just stick with Write It Down, because I'm the coolest, the realest, the illest. Now, back to the show. And so, right. you know, and it's, today, um, I walk around. Sorry, I was just going to say, it's yeah. a lesson to train your ear on who to listen to. Because you're going to have people on both sides say certain things to you. They're going to um, discourage you, which will kind of cling on to your own self-deprecation. Or you sure. can cling on to people that speak life into you and decide who to listen to. And I think that is super important, um, especially nowadays with a lot of voices and a lot of people in our face on social media or on the news or people in our life. You need to decide who you're going to dial into. And your story like reminds me and you and I talk about, you know, our faith often, but it reminds me of the story in the Bible about King David, like he's a shepherd boy and he was overlooked. Like he didn't matter to anybody. Like they were like the, the armor fit everybody else, but David to kill Goliath. Uh And he was still chosen. And then the God of the universe is saying like, this is the King after my own heart. So you just like never know, like, or a man after my own heart you just never know yeah. <laughs> like who, who is, you know, looking at you. And, and I, I think like your story could bring so much encouragement to people to maybe reawaken a dream in them. Maybe those chips on their shoulders just kept coming and coming. And then a devastating thing in their life happened that continued to perpetuate their low. Um, but listening to a story yeah. like yours, what you're saying is like, no, give it a shot again. You know, there might be one little angel along the way that encourages you in this. And you're going to look back and be able to to see how far you've come. Um, So fast forwarding, how long were you in the NFL? And then that transition out, did you want to leave the NFL? (laughs) What did that look like? Well, you you never want to leave the NFL. Obviously, everybody wants to play forever, make as much money as they can and then retire when when you want to. And I think the numbers are 95% of guys leave the league before they want to. And wow. so uh, I was I was at Buffalo for uh, uh, for five years. And then uh, I had a very short stint at, at Denver. Uh, so I, I really only have officially, I only have five years in. Okay. Um, so, you know, uh, injuries don't help, right? Uh, I think the, uh, the, the torn Achilles did slow my career down um, because – um, there's always healthy guys. There's 13,000 guys eligible for the draft every year. And there are healthy guys, right? And they're bigger and they're stronger and they're willing to take the chance on those guys um, more than they are on you. Uh, and th- there's a lot of elements that go into uh, playing professional football too. Are you making too much money? Are you in the right spot? Uh, you know, there's so many things. So, I, you know, listen, I'm I'm really fortunate to be able to play in, at that level yeah. and to be able to put in enough years uh, that are better than the average. Because the average is only 3.5 years wow. for any player. Yeah. Unless and, you're Tom Brady so or yeah. Aaron Rodgers who needs to. But those are, yeah, those, those are. But they need know, to those are the greatest head out players anyways. of all time. That's yeah. my dig well, at them, though. That's your it's, dig at them. It's just, just know when it's time. <laughs> We're tired. Yeah, of, uh, we're the Dolphins are playing the Packers. Um, I think Christmas or in a couple weeks, 
And yeah. I'm like, I don't want to look at Aaron Rodgers' face, so I might not watch it. I mean, I will watch Aaron Rodgers might throw for four touchdowns on you. Aaron Rodgers is not done. I don't really care. I'm his, yeah. I'm, I'm over. <laughs> you're it. you're not a fan. Let's get some new faces in there. <laughs> yeah. Tell me you're not a fan. Yeah. I'm just not yeah. a fan. I'm I'm yeah. I'm really not. But you know what? That I digress. It's fine. This right. is not <laughs> Brooks. What about Tom Brady? You can't get uh, you can't get tired of Tom Brady's face. Okay. Here's my opinion of Tom Brady. Okay. There's a few uh-huh. things I have on Tom Brady. One is I didn't like him when he played for the Patriots because he's in my division. I don't like the Bills either. Sorry yeah. about it. Yeah. So it's just really frustrating yeah. because we played the Texans um and yesterday. Um, and the Texans are hor- the Dolphins. The Texans, <laughs> I'm I, on the Dolphins. I'm I know. one of their bandwagon. Yeah. Now you are. You no, weren't last I've always year. been a Dolphin fan. It's in my blood. Okay. Okay. My dad grew up in Miami. It's in my blood. So I, we were always okay. on the other side, losing horribly. Losing, you know, people are putting in their second yes. string. And now that, you know, this, yes. the tables have turned. So Tom Brady never liked it because it was just like him and Belichick were just. And then they just ruled everything. Now that Tom is in Tampa, I'm frustrated <laughs> at Patriot fans because they're all like Tampa Brady, you know, Tampa Bay fans. They do this yeah, stupid yeah. little play on words. And it's like you're, you, nobody <laughs> likes the Bucks ever. Like nobody is yeah. a tried and true Bucks fan. They're all people. I, that, who left, I would agree with that. Who left the Dolphins because the Dolphins <laughs> didn't win, you know, yeah. who left the Jags because Jags are yeah. crap too. So everybody's like, that. oh, I'm Buck fan. And then, Brady goes and people are like, oh, I love Tom Brady. I love the Bucks. And yeah. now that he's going through a divorce, it's ruining his career and the Bucks suck. So he I has, just think he Tom needs to phase he... out and maybe be a grandpa. <laughs> he's he's only lost once since he got divorced. Yeah, but it he doesn't matter. He's been it doesn't matter the finality <laughs> of the divorce. You know he's going through something because yeah. no, there's no question. Right. There's no yeah, question. He's, he's going through something, care. getting a little bit older. Uh, yeah. However, there is nobody to replace him. Yeah, but that's the point of greats. You don't get replaced. Yeah. That yeah. is the point. That's why arguments like is is Michael Jordan or LeBron better. It's like Michael like Michael Jordan can't be replaced. You can't have a great yeah. in any league and then be replaced. Then they're not great anymore. Then they were just a great for that era. When you're the greatest of all time. Nobody yeah. can replace you, so no one. It's time to and go do a commercial or something. Yeah, no meaning immediately. There is nobody to replace him. Like Tampa Bay has no other quarterback. Oh, you're right saying now. like no backups? Like, well, yeah, no backup. There's no. Yeah, he's got to play. <laughs> I yeah, I he's thought you were talking about like nobody can like you were a fan. No, like, nobody well, can yeah, well, actually, him. I don't. Well, I don't think anybody can on both notes. I don't think anybody can replace him. No, I think he's. Whatever. I think he's. They can go. have Bridgewater yeah. from us. He's. I can't. Anyways, <laughs> back to Chris Hale story. <laughs> I can't believe oh, you called me a dolphin. Dig on Bridgewater. Huh? Yeah, well, he's, he stepped up. I think all Dolphins fans are 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 Dolphin bandwagoners. Uh, not just because they sucked for forever. It's just there's and you're all transplants for the most part. Most of you guys are from New York, and they come down there, and you're snowbirds. No way. And not my from, family. From from Miami. Well, you might be one of the only rare families that yeah. grew up in Miami. Yeah. yeah. But and by the way, what? so did Scarface. He grew up in Miami too. <laughs> we digress. Chris Hale. So you leave the NFL. Nobody <laughs> wants to leave the NFL. You were in for a solid five years. You're still yeah. a Bills fan. I see, which is, which is fine. It's fine. You guys might beat us. 
but I feel no, like we will beat you. Can we just talk real quick? Current events about the bills. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I know this is Chris Hale's podcast. Yeah. yeah. Let me no, just no, say it's okay. <laughs> so what I, what I feel like is happening with the bills is they're being watered down this year. I don't follow close enough, but I feel like they came out really hot. Hold on. I know uh-huh. they won. Okay. I just, okay. I just watched them play. I, I, I get it. I just watched them play on Thanksgiving and they pulled out a win with the lions, which I was rooting for the lions, but don't you feel like you guys were like hot podcast. coming in, What? <laughs> to get beat up after my story. Um, no, ask the question again. I'm sorry. It's not okay. <laughs> it's more of a statement and a feeling and I'm okay. going to give you time to defend your bills okay do you really need to okay don't you feel Mm -hmm. like the bills started off real hot and now they're being watered down um i do not okay um why uh, well i'll tell you everybody's going to lose games in the nfl right right it's it's not going to be uh you know a completely great season for anybody even when the patriots went 18 or 17 and 0 and they lost Right. It, it happens. People lose. There's injuries that occur. The, the one thing that you have to do is stay healthy in this league all the way around. Mm-hmm. And if you can stay healthy and, and maintain um, uh, just solid play, you're still going to lose games because you have to realize that the other guys are pros, too. Right. And so uh, it's going to happen. You're going to have low, uh, you know, you're going to have uh, quiet moments and then you're going to rise again when you need to. So even when. uh we went to the Super Bowl um, with Buffalo. Uh, I, I'm sure we lost uh, three to four games. Uh, there's some games that you'll get blown out in. I think we lost to the Chiefs in one game, like 34 to, to seven. You know, we had a low point. And the problem with today's game is every little thing is analyzed by uh, the sports pundits, right? If it's not social media, it's ESPN. And so everybody gets too involved in, one play to the next or one game to the next instead of identifying the fact that it's a 17 game season and really what you want to do at the end of the year is win probably 12 games you can lose four right or five games whatever the case and then get into the playoffs and try to play your best ball in the playoffs and be healthy that's really what it's about at the end of the day and so we've gotten into uh as as a society with our sports is trying to identify what's going on in every single play, right? And that's why I think that it's not, you know, this high and low, it's just, it's gotta be the body of work. It needs right? to be like zo- I, a zoomed out approach instead of zooming in on the specificity absolutely. of the game. Right, 100%. Because it, listen, I watch, and, and I'm gonna even go off of the bills for a second. I watch them talk about the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah. And I swear, I feel like every single week, it's something different. It's like, all the Dallas Cowboys look horrible. They're this, they're that. Jerry Jones is doing this, he's doing that. And all of a sudden, then they beat a team 30 to seven or whatever it was. And all of a sudden, the Dallas they're Cowboys back. might be in America's the Super Bowl, team. Right? Yeah. They're, right. All that, mm-hmm. that is going on. And then they and, and they go into every play, what this quarterback is doing, what the other quarterback is doing, what, where is Zeke, the whole thing. And it's every week, and I can't listen to it. I have to look at the entire body of work to be able to understand what they're doing. That was very, very politically correct for a Bills fan to talk about <laughs> how his how his Bills, if you zoom out, we're staying steady. But if yeah, you zoom in, just steady, don't watch baby. the games and you'll be a Bills fan. 
That's basically yeah, what right. you said. I'm just kidding. Uh, there's, a, there's a lot of wins over there. A lot there, of wins. There, Same there amount are. of wins as Miami. There, okay. Well, the Dolphins are going to the Super Bowl. I hate to break it to you. The Dolphins are not going to yes, the Super they Bowl. Are. Yes, they are. Yeah, no. You heard cannot, it here, guys. No. The Dolphins are going, and when they do, Chris yeah. is taking my dad yeah. and I to the Super Bowl to watch the Dolphins play. I have no problem with that. Okay. Great. I have no problem with you that. Heard it you heard it on Thumbs air. Up. Yeah. yeah. Thumbs up. Thumbs up. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, anyways. Circle the wagons. Okay. We're moving on because now <laughs> – now i yeah i just can't even talk to you right now but i am it's gonna get into this it's gonna get into that because we're gonna argue and then nobody's gonna be encouraged and that's not the point of this podcast (laughs) and that is why yeah i'm not on fox sports okay yeah if you because i would literally just pick a fight out of my fandom with everybody which you can't do you need to be like very platonic with things and keep things level-headed and and just be yeah you know objective (laughs) about things that's not that wouldn't be me I, yeah, you can't, about, I, you like, can't interview Josh like, Allen and say, why did you win? <laughs> right. You can't do that. No, yeah. it's fine. Everything's fine. Okay. I do want to ask you if you rapid fire. I don't know yeah. if you have another write it down for this one. Uh, I don't. Great. Because I didn't prepare <laughs> you. And then yeah. also you kind of showed your hand because you're like, oh, this is the second time I'm telling this story today. And Chris actually texted me. I'm going to throw him under the bus and goes, oh, can we push it back a little bit? Which means he was on the phone with somebody else telling a story. So maybe he had to write it down for their conversation. Anyways, we are yeah. to the point of the show where I ask guests some rapid fire another, questions. I was another podcast. I was on another podcast. He was but on it was a podcast. bigger podcast. Yeah, it, it was, was a, a way, bigger podcast. Way so, bigger yeah, podcast so. that needed all yeah. of his attention. Um, yeah. If you could have brunch with any person in the world, they have to be alive. Who would it be? Oh, I have to be alive. I yeah. don't know. Is Jesus Christ alive? Yeah, Amen. Resurrection there Sunday. You there Jesus, you, go. you have brunch you with go. Jesus yeah. every day. You don't I have do. a person I that do. you go have brunch yeah. with. Um, who would I have brunch with? Who's alive? Who's a, a, a person on Earth? Uh, on yes, not uh, um, on Mars. A person, I mean, yeah, yeah, not not in heaven. Not, yeah, not the one I have spiritually. Mm-hmm. Um, um, wow, that that. that the first person that pops in mind is like Barack Obama. Okay. I was, I would say someone like yeah. maybe Oprah or Adele. So I like, yeah. Those, Adele. Okay. Really? Yes. Yeah. Okay. I love it. Yeah. That's you is what you're saying. Well, I'm not, apparently you do. Um, it would be, I'm it would be somebody with, yeah. Some... I mean, it, I love Adele too. It would probably, uh, somebody that could, uh, give me a little bit more knowledge. Okay. Then Adele, You're saying Adele then telling me about that more knowledge. No, no, I'm, I'm telling, I'm telling you, there's somebody that could give yes. me more knowledge than Adele. She could tell me a, a lot about the Grammys, uh, right. I'm sure. Yeah, and 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 how that's done. But I, I you know, I think I want to know about uh, things that are happening in the world. Right. So Obama got yeah. it. Yeah. Okay. Next question: Work out in the morning or work out at night? Um. Either. Um, okay. I just yeah. I so I actually did work out. This morning, I I, ha- I have a walk that I go on every morning. I'm trying to um, um, get my body going again because, um, you know, at this age, I feel like it's it's I falling know. apart. And yeah. so uh, that's exactly this is why I actually uh, pushed it back is because I, I wanted to I, yeah, I wanted to finish my walk. My 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 knees are not the same. Uh, and I live like four blocks from the from the, the sand from the beach. And so. 
um, I find myself every morning um, and meditating as well as I walk along the beach. So um, let's say the morning, morning, morning. morning yeah. I worked out this morning. Yeah. yeah. Well, you run a lot more night. I, I can't run anymore. You run. I can't run anymore. Adam, you're clicked out. Oh, that's can your you hear me? Yeah, yes. I can hear you. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I don't know what you said. So if it was anything rude, I can't I, hear it. Uh, no, it would never be rude to you. I can never be rude to you. Just I kidding. said you, you, you run. I don't run anymore. You're right. Uh, I walk, and so I walk on the sand because it's it's softer on um, my knees, mm -hmm. and so and it gives. So I don't like to walk on the cement anymore, and yeah. so it's it's a lot easier for me. So living at the it's beach better is for good. your joints. I love that. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Christmas music before or after Thanksgiving? Before or after Thanksgiving? Yeah, there Christmas are people music? in the world that get upset. Do you before. play Christmas music? After Thanksgiving? After. Yeah. No. 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 What? There's no Christmas music after. No, no. Oh, but after Thanksgiving. After yeah. Thanksgiving. After yeah. Thanksgiving. 100%. Okay. Right. I'm in a, so I'm like in a different place before Wednesday, Thanksgiving. Right. Our radio stations put on Christmas music before Thanksgiving, and I love it. No, and I was like no. in the car with my dad and I said, oh my gosh, my favorite Christmas song. He's like, we haven't had Thanksgiving yet. We have to turn it off. And I said, we're exactly. not turning this off, Mr. Scrooge. This is the greatest yeah. song of all time. So I'm with, I'm with Mr. Scrooge. I'm with okay. Mr. Scrooge. That doesn't yeah. And what's the me. greatest, what's the greatest, what's the greatest Christmas song of all time? Well, there's a couple, but one is obviously Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas is You. And then That's, I yeah, also um, love the song. It's beginning to look a lot, lot like Christmas. And in Florida, Boom. it looks a lot like Christmas when it's like 71 degrees. Right. So is that the Bing like, Crosby version, which you I probably like don't Bing know Crosby, but I also like Michael Bublé's yeah. version. I mean, his like voice is like butter and it's for this. Yeah. It's for this season. Um, so, okay, okay. So you're one of those. I'm George right. Michael, but, but it's after Thanksgiving. That's the answer to the question. But last Christmas still has to jump in there somewhere yeah. in the top three. Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. George okay. Michael. All right. Yeah. Um, oh, Chick-fil-A sauce or Polynesian sauce? Oh, Chick-fil-A sauce without a doubt. Really? Yeah. Stick you my know, finger in it and eat it without even putting it on the chicken. Okay. Well, okay. Here's the thing with Chick-fil-A sauce though. Do you notice there's like a barbecue flavor in there? Can you taste yeah. that smoky? It's because yeah, I heard you know, that they brother. just blend. We like barbecue flavor. I so do I, but it's like it's like honey mustard mixed with barbecue, mixed yeah. with vinegar. It's like all the sauces made in one with some mayonnaise. Oh, and so you can make. Oh, well, they bottle it that. up now. They sell it. They sell it in squeezable really? bottles. Yeah. Yeah. I got make. packages here in my refrigerator. The little ones. Got, you know, but yeah, the little packages. There are places now that have them in big, like squeezable bottles, so you can keep them as like a condiment in your fridge. You heard it here really? first. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, maybe they're only in Florida. Because you, but by the way, but by the way, you know that Chick Fil A just came out here probably in the last few years. That is devastating. You didn't but know that, did you? You got right. no, I didn't. But you guys had and still have, and we don't in an out burger. Correct. And we don't yeah. have things like that. We yeah. Yeah, we well, stick, and you guys don't have healthier. Publix, which is absolutely devastating. We well, every every place has different um, uh, supermarkets. Publix right. is that's the p. Uh, yeah, so those, uh, you, you guys, yeah, you guys have Wegman, out there, yeah. which is in the Northeast, or Tops, mm -hmm. which is in uh, in the Midwest. Mm -hmm. So oh, we don't have Ralphs. Yeah, all you guys have Ralphs. We have Ralphs. Like, yeah. But public slogan is "We're shopping yeah. is a pleasure, and it's an absolute pleasure to be there." 
And I feel bad for everybody that's not in the Southeast that doesn't have Publix or pleasure. sauce bottled up. It's a pleasure. Ralph's, Ralph's and Bonds are pretty that. good. I really do. Like, I don't know if you have internal dialogue. I think we all do. But I sometimes say mm-hmm. my internal dialogue externally. And I'll be yeah. in like aisle eight being like, it really is a pleasure to be here. Like just talking <laughs> to myself. <laughs> like, uh, do you have amazing. Trader Joe's? We do, but not in my town. We have them um, like in Orlando, Gainesville, Jacksonville, everywhere but Brevard County. Oh, the bigger bigger cities. Yeah, we're petitioning for one because it would do well here. Okay. Well, this is normally where I'd ask somebody to share their write it down here. But I feel like I could tell you what your write it down would be. Okay. And it it could be like a little... Eh, maybe not. We could work on it. We could workshop it, uh-huh. but don't yeah. underestimate the underdog because they always. Come I, I, I'm with that. I'm with that. Yes, that's because good. that's, that's your good. story. Yeah, yeah, and I'm glad that's a good analogy. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm fine with that. Thank you. We don't I've, have to work I've on been it. doing this for some time now, yeah. and it is an honor yeah. to have you back on yeah. not once but twice. I hope you come yeah. back again. And I will for you. I, I will. You know that. To go to the Super Bowl with you and my dad, it's going to be such a blast. Go I, Dolphins. I, okay, let me just do this before we get up. But before yeah. we're done, it will be the Bills and the uh, 49ers, or it will be the 49ers and the Chiefs. Okay, you're not just seeing saying. the Eagles go. No. Why? No, I think the I think the angel the Eagles have had a soft schedule. Um, I don't think they're ready to put um, three tough games in a row together to be able to get to the Super Bowl. I don't think okay. they're ready for that yet. Okay. Yeah, although so they did make some strides this week. Bills and Niners, yeah. you're saying? I'm saying Bills and Niners, or Bills and Chiefs, or I mean, or, or Niners and Chiefs. Okay. Yeah. I'm saying and Dolphins, and so, who the heck cares? So if you lose, I don't get a prize. It's just you and your dad going to the Super Bowl. No, you can still about, go to the Super Bowl with me and my dad. If the if, 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 if the Bills, if the Bills go to the Super Bowl, yeah. You and your dad take care of me. Okay. Oh boy. Oh gosh. Oh boy. Yeah. Oh, dad boy. And I, and I would, I'm gonna get this. you a Bills hat. I'm gonna but get you a Bills hat. I'm not hat wearing too. Bills hat. I don't know. Yes, you there's had, a, you there's had, a it's line. part of the bed. I made it part of the you bed. You just literally added that in after we shook on it. You can't just add things in. I didn't we now we're shaking. <laughs> now we're shaking. <laughs> okay, so, Dad, I'm sorry I signed you up for this bet, but it's gonna be a blast regardless. So Cheers to that. Chris Hale, thank you so much for coming back on the Write It Down podcast. Thank you for listening to the Write It Down podcast. This podcast is a part of the 1513 Network. You can catch a variety of shows on their website, 1513.com. If you enjoy listening to Write It Down, please subscribe, share with your friends, and if there's any ink left in your pen, write a review. For more content, follow the fun on Instagram by following at WID. P-O-D. That spells WIDPOD. Super cool. Stands for Write It Down Podcast, but it's abbreviated to WIDPOD. Anyways, thanks for listening and we will catch you later.